Bokar Tov, we are studying Sefer Shemuel Bet, and we are continuing the story of the interactions between David and Avshalom. Upon killing Amnon, Avshalom was, ran into exile, and David never called him back, okay? And then, Yoav created this whole situation with the woman, the Isha Tikawit, the actress lady, and he convinced David to bring him back, but then David brings him back, and then what does he do? Brings it back to Yerushalayim, but does he allow him to come to the palace? No. He does not. He does not allow him to come back to the palace. Now, we said that there was an interesting thing, that he should go back to his house, but he should not see my face. Avshalom went to his house and he did not see the king's face. However, after that pasuk, what, is the, what does it tell us in pasuk 25? Mm-hmm. And like Avshalom, there was nobody so worthy of praise for his looks. There wasn't a, a blemish on Avshalom. And when he would cut his hair, it would weigh. It was heavy, it was thick, it was nice and voluminous. And that was Avshalom. Now the question is... What, what chapter are we in? We're in chapter 14. Okay. The question is... Why in the world we're in chapter 14, verse 28, okay? The question is, why does the pasuk, why does the pasukim have to interrupt the storyline of David's interactions with Avshalom to tell us that Avshalom was handsome, good-looking, long hair? Right. So there are two basic approaches to this part, okay? According to the Radak, what's the purpose here? It's, it's to explain why Avshalom is, is about to rebel. Right. As you know, as we, you should know, in the next cha- four chapters after this one, is the story of the rebellion of Avshalom. It pretty much finishes off the stories of Shemuel Bet. And it's Avshalom's very, very large, almost successful rebellion against David Melech, and caused David to flee from Yerushalayim and it was a whole disaster. And according to the Radak, the reason is telling us that he had long hair is to explain why he would consider rebelling, which is because he was handsome and he had the kingly appearance. And because he had the kingly appearance, that's what you know, allowed him to rebel. So let's look at Radak for a second. He's trying to do a coup. He's trying to overthrow. Yeah, him. he's trying to do a coup. He's trying to overthrow his father. Line. Yeah. Isn't he next in line? No. He. So so I'll explain to you in a second. This talk about his looks is attached to the story of his rebellion against his father. I mean, Radak and Pasuk Kafe. Uh, and it's causing what caused him this He was handsome Nobody looked like him in Israel And he became arrogant because of his hair And because of uh, his, his beauty And he thought that there's nobody better for kingship Than me than Shalom. And he rebelled Maybe because he heard through the grapevine that maybe the king wants to make Shlomo the king. So he wasn't the next in line. And he may have heard, according to the Radak, that he wasn't the next in line. So he said, ah, let me rebel. Right. Okay. The problem with Radak's interpretation is that if it's really explaining why he rebelled, then this should belong in the next chapter as an intro to the rebellion. But we still have some more psukim here right, it's just left in our in chapter. It's shoved in the middle. That's the difficulty. So I heard Amnon Bazak said something else. He said, if you, if you look at the beginning of Melachim Aleph, there is another... Um, uh, shoot, what's his name? Um, there's another rebellion by the son of David named Adonia. 
And also in explaining why Adonia tried to usurp the throne or why, to t- why he tried to take the throne, what did it say? It said because he was handsome and his father had never rebuked him. So Amnon Bazak says, that's another instance of where the guy was handsome and he thought he could take the throne. But what does it say there? That his father never rebuked him. So Amnon Bazak wants to say that perhaps his good looks is what caused David to favor him. And, and it's trying to explain why David, not why he rebelled, not why Absalom rebelled, but why David is mourning over him so much. Why David just doesn't put him away or kill him for the, the murder that he committed. Why David mm. is forgetting about Amnon mm. after Amnon's death, but he can't let go of the thought of Absalom. Mm. Because maybe, and Amnon Bazak says this, it's very out on a limb. But he says maybe one of the flaws of David is his focus on external beauty, at least with others. What caused him to sin with, with Bathsheba. That may be the same issue that's causing him to favor Avshalom. And the fact that David has so much care for Avshalom and just doesn't put him to death like what a just king would probably want to do, that is what causes him to rebel and causes David all these issues. So once again, according to Amnon Bazak, you have a theme in which the beauty of other people that David is falling for may be one of David's main flaws. Mm-hmm. Interesting ideas, okay? Pasuk kaf chet. Avshalom lived in Yerushalayim for two years and he did not see the face of the king. This is the first pasuk we're actually doing today. He did not see the face of the king as we said before. Pasuk kaftet. So Avshalom sent for Yoav to send him to the king. And Yoav didn't show up. Yoav didn't want to show up. And he sent for Yoav again. He didn't want to come. So Avshalom keeps sending for Yoav. Come to me, I want to send you to the king to ask him to let me see you. Mm-hmm. And Yoav just doesn't come. Mm-hmm. So he says to his servants, See, there's a portion of Yoav's land next to me. And he has barley there. Go light it on fire. So the servants of Avshalom lit Yoav's barley field on fire. Now this is interesting for two reasons. One, because it shows the character of Avshalom. It shows, what, what, is, what do you see in Avshalom that he does this? You know, so he's uh, demanding. Very demanding. Maybe a little bit spoiled. He sounds like an angry child baby. Bache, yeah. You know, he's like, like a bache. He like, doesn't get what he wants. He's like, ah, and he, yeah. he lights it on fire. Yeah. If I don't get what or I want, he's cunning, then... trying to get him to come to like so he can see his father. No. He said, "Light his field so he will come running so I can speak to him." Maybe now, so yeah, like, that that's what he ends up doing, and he yeah. succeeds in doing that. But it's like the way he does it is so petty, right? Yeah. Now the other other thing is that this is the second time Avshalom did his negative behaviors by ordering other people to do it. Mm-hmm. What else did he do with other people? Yeah, Killing Amnon, right? So it's an interesting Wait, thing. What do you mean? Avshalom always sends his messengers to do, his, do, to do his dirty work. Okay. Even you when he killed Amnon. Kill Amnon while everyone's at this party. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he killed Amnon, he didn't do it himself. He sent other people to do it. Right. Which means it could be that he's very spoiled. So he, has, he won't bring himself to do the dirty work even. He'll send right. other people to go do his evil things. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Another negative thing about Avshalom. Now, Amnon Bazak brought an interesting parallel. He said, you know who was the previous person to... To light a field on fire Can you guess It's from the book of Shofetim It was for a war tactic No From whom 
Shimshon. Shimshon. Oh, yeah. A, he put torches on uh-huh. the foxes and he put it, tied tie their tails. And then he had them run through the fields and light the fields on fire. So Anand Basak says, you see the comparison between Shimshon and Avshalom. Avshalom lights people on people's fields on fire because he's upset because he missed out on something personally. But Shimshon, he would light people's fields on fire for the sake of Am Yisrael. <laughs> it's a cute, it's a cute comparison. I don't know if it's take, to be taken so seriously, but it's a cute comparison. So uh, Yoav gets up and he goes to Avshalom to his house. Why did your servants light my field on fire? And Avshalom says to him, Why did I light it on fire? Because I sent to you to tell you to come here so I could send you to the king and to say, Why did I come from Geshur to here? It would have been better for me to remain in Geshur. You know, coming to Yushalayim and not even getting to see my father. I might as well just stay in Geshur. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Right. Now I want to see the face of the king And if I have a sin Then let him kill me Okay, so interesting Very, very interesting He has a point like, No, he does have a point he does, it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating You know, like whenever you, you want to close a sale And you're like at the very, very end But it just, you can't get it done There's a frustration So there's a lot of frustration Getting so close to your goal But just missing out You know Like some sports player Wants to win a championship And gets to the finals And uh, game seven and loses It's like That's what Avshalom feels like So yes It's it's true But also uh, The way Avshalom carries himself Is very It's very uh, entitled It's very entitled It's very babyish It's like Okay Why did you light my field on fire? Like relax man You know that's how I would respond to Tavshalom. So Yoav came to the king and he told him, So the king called to Avshalom. Now listen to these words very carefully, okay? And Avshalom came to the king. And he bowed before the king on his face on the ground. And the king kissed Avshalom. Have you seen that kind of usage before? So I'll tell you the previous time we've no, seen people. We've seen whenever uh, Binyamin and Yosef, they, they fall on each other's shoulders. Mm-hmm. They are, or um, no. Uh, sorry, that was when Yaakov and Yosef met or... Um, uh, he fell on the on the shoulder of Benjamin's fa- uh, shoulder, and he, he wept. Whenever we see real embraces in Tanakh, it's always the person falls on the other person's shoulder and cries. Mm-hmm. Those are embraces of of I haven't seen you in three four years, and I I, have, I missed you. That's the kind of embrace we see. Here, mm-hmm. it's almost like he blew him a kiss, like like. It's weird. So all the, the Mepharshim catch this and they say, this is not a very loving embrace. This is David just being Yotze. It's David just doing what he has to do to get Avshalom off his case. Okay. But Avshalom is not, David is not falling on Avshalom's shoulder and hugging him and kissing him and saying, I missed you, you're my son, my, my beloved. Again, the Mepharshim say that this is why in the next chapter we're introduced to Avshalom's rebellion. Because Avshalom wasn't, he didn't feel like he got anywhere. Uh-huh. So now his anger is boiling over. And now he says, that's it. Time to rebel. 
Now this may be a very good time for Avshalom to rebel because David has been very weak. As we've seen multiple times, he's very, very impressionable in the past few chapters. People can come and convince him to do things that we're not even sure if they're morally good. Right, the Ishatikawid comes and pushes him and it's not even the same thing, the same story. Like he's not the same principle, the David that we remember, the one who puts his personal uh, desires aside and, and does what's uh, good for him. How old is David now? You know? it's, it seems like he's 65. And I'll show you that in Radak tomorrow. Okay? So, so David is in a little bit of a weaker phase of his life. And it's something that the people probably realize because as we've seen, not, most of the things that happen, even like the story of Bathsheba, are semi-public knowledge. Right. So it could be that Am Yisrael isn't so excited with David either right now. This may be the best time to rebel. So that's where Avshalom is taking advantage of. We have to pause though. So, uh, Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Amen.